It was the one car that Jenny's parents had given us when we got married. We were so grateful for that car. That was so awesome. Because I had like a 1973 Dodge Polara prior to that. She had a 1970-something little VW Bug. <laughs> not the Bug Bug, but the not-looking Bug kind of Bug. It was, it was a weird Volkswagen. It was So we had that car, and it was a 1986 Chevrolet Nova. Oh, I know. Japanese engineering assembled in America. It was basically a, a, a what was it, a Toyota Corolla with Chevy slapped on the sides. It was awesome, okay? And uh, Jenny drove it because when we were first married, I, we lived on campus, and I walked to classes, and Jenny drove it to work um, and, and places. So she drove it most of the time, but I would make sure there was gas in it. I would make sure it was maintained. I would make sure it was washed every so often. So that was kind of the setup. And one day, I was at Montgomery Ward's getting tires. Now, some of you young people are like, I read about that. Didn't they have that like in the trading post days with the Pony Express? You know, you'd get a, a washboard tub from Montgomery Wards. Yes, the same store was still in existence when Jenny and I got married. Now, don't chuckle. Someday you're going to be talking about Sears and your kids and grandkids are going to go, what's that? I read about that. Okay, so I was at Montgomery Wards getting tires for the 1986 Chevrolet Nova, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was at least at 21 years of age smart enough to know that slapping on tires didn't take that long, and it was taking like forever. And when I went up to the counter to inquire about the car, I was like, hey, you know, is this going to be done anytime soon? He acted real funny, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. So I, got, I paid for several hours later. I paid for the thing, get in the car. I pick up Jenny, and later that night, we're out shopping at Jewel Osco, picking up a prescription and, and doing some grocery shopping. And when we come back out, the car won't start. Won't start, won't start, won't start, won't start. <coughs> it won't start. Okay? So we had to call a tow truck. We had to get a friend, because remember, we only had one car, so we had to have friends come bail us out and give us, get us back to our apartment. The car was towed to our mechanics, and I love this set of mechanics. They were click and clack they were. It was two brothers, and anytime you, they had a DeLorean that was always broken, that was always in the shop every time you went to pick up your car, and when you picked up your car, you didn't just get stuff and information, you got like life advice. I remember one time uh, there was a noise, and he didn't hear the noise, so um, the older of the brothers went for a drive with me in the car so he could hear the noise, and as we're driving along, there's this, you know, yuppie. They had those back then this yuppie jogging alongside of the road. And he says, Max, you see that man there? And I'm like, yeah. You see that man there? Yes, I see the man. You see that man? Yes, I see the man, okay? That man, you know why he's running? No, why is he running? I, it's for health, I'm sure. No, you know why he's running? I'll tell you why he's running. He's running for his life because he's mortgaged up to his gut and he can't afford anything and he's got to stay healthy and bring that money in. Don't you be like that man. Yes, sir, okay? I won't. Okay, so this they they were like that. And so... When I brought in the car, the next morning, so the car had been towed, the next morning, first thing before I even got to class, the phone rang, and it was click and clack. Hey, Max, where'd you take your car? What do you mean? I, it's a car. I drive places. What do you? No, where did you, you took your car somewhere to have something done to it, didn't you? <laughs> right in that moment, I'm like, I, I wasn't cheating on you, I promise, you know, <laughs> Okay. And so I explained, we went, got tires, da, 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 and he goes, well, let me tell you something about Montgomery Ward. They vandalized your car, and this is what they did. Boom, 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 and he lists off 
$250. Thank you very much. Boom. A few months later, Jenny was driving that same car on her way to work, driving that car, the 1986 Chevrolet Nova car, and it was no problem driving to work, driving to work, driving to work, traffic slows a little bit, and all of a sudden, bam, rear-ended. And she's freaked out, whoa, you know, gets out of the car. It's this guy, he's Hispanic or Slovakian or something, but he's, he's not from America. I'm not good with accents, I don't know, or Lithuania. So he gets out of the car, and he's like freaking out, and he says to her, no call police, no call police. I pay, I pay, I pay for anything. So, you know, she's really unsettled. It's just this, you know, it's her all by herself. It's this guy. So, you know, she takes his phone number and his name, you know, drives to school. When she gets to school, you know, we're only 21. What do we know? And so she's telling all the older teachers, and they're like, oh, honey, you need to call the police. I mean, if there's big damage to your car, your insurance company's not going to pay unless there's a police report. You've got to call the police. So call the police, take the car, and sure enough, the force of the impact had shoved the water pump into the radiator, and it was cutting into the radiator. I know, how exciting is that? That was like $300. And, and everybody lost in that scenario because not only did we have to pay for the car repair, but the guy got deported. So everybody lost. I know, isn't that that's so sad? Um, then there was the time that we drove to my parents' house in Indiana in that same car, that 1986 Chevy Nova. We drove to my parents' house, and we were visiting my mom and dad. And we were going to one store. It was like, you know, half a mile from the house, thank God. And it goes, <laughs> the clutch popped out. I couldn't get it into another gear. It was only in first gear. Now, those of you who are younger, you don't know what a clutch is. It's, it's this thing, okay, so if you got the steering wheel, it's this stick to the right, and you have to actually push a pedal and move this stick, and it shifts something called gears. And when it's only in first gear, the fastest it can go is like six miles an hour. And it goes like this, because the engine can't shift. So we had to get a new clutch. Thankfully, that was only $75. I know, but in some ways, the car lived up to its name. It was a Nova, which in Spanish is Nova, which is in English, no go. But if you have a car, those of you who are younger and aspire to have a car someday, there will be expenses that you can anticipate, stuff like windshield wipers. Eventually, they really do go out. Tires, eventually, that you got to get them replaced. Brakes, if you stop regularly... There's something on the brakes called brake pads, and those wear out. So those are things you can plan on. And then there's the things that you can't plan on. Remember, like when Jenny was on her way to work, and then all of a sudden the traffic snows, and then it's bam! You can't plan on those things, but that's also expensive too. All of those things cost money. It costs money. Life is full of what the insurance industry calls unplanned events. Unplanned events. Unplanned events always carry a price tag with them. Um, we had, uh, I remember when we brought our first baby home from the hospital, and it was so great. We were so excited. We were brand new parents. We we're going to do this right. And, and our first baby uh, needed like jaundice treatment, so he, he had to live in the little suitcase with the big, you know, lights like a suntanning booth. And then 
it seemed like every week we were going to the doctor, and some weeks we were going to the doctor twice, and we ended up over a two-year period going to the hospital four times. The upside to that is that I really got to know our pediatrician really well. Like, just a couple of months ago, I was in there with um, Jillian for something, and Dr. Lewis and I are catching up about what his daughter's doing, and we're talking about things in cars, and then all of a sudden he goes, oh, wait, you're here because Jillian, I'm so sorry, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and he says to me, I love it when you come in. That's the upside. The downside is it costs a lot of money to cultivate that friendship. <laughs> A lot of money <laughs> to be known that well, okay? So as we wrap up this series on finances, okay, I want to remind you why, we're, why I was motivated to do, to do this series. If you watch CNN, if you, if you read the news and Newsweek, they all talk about this new normal. A new normal is hitting America. A new normal meaning you're always going to live at home. A new normal meaning you're never going to own a home. A new normal meaning you're... You're never going to get ahead in life. You're always going to live paycheck to paycheck and wah, the new normal. I don't want that for you. I want you to be financially secure. And that's why we did this um, finance series. Remember week one? We said week one, by a little way of little review, money and hearts are connected in some way. And what you do with your money says something about the condition of your heart. Track your money. Know what it's doing for you. Track it. Track it. Week two... We said that it's a really good idea to live on less than what you make. Even if it's a lot, even if it's a little, live on less than what you make. Week three, I dared you to do something. Remember? I was like, I dare you to add up all the money you've given it away, add up all the money that you've made, and divide the little number by the big number and ask yourself, am I generous? And if you don't feel like you are, then do something about it. Last week, you got to hear some stories about the fact if, if you put if you value God's kingdom, if you put God's kingdom first, God will take care of your needs. And you heard a number of stories last week about how God just did things that took care of financial needs that people had. Today, I want to do everything I can to convince you to save. Save, 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 save. I want to convince you to save money. Save money. Next year in 2014, save something, save anything. A quarter, a dollar, $1,300, okay? So... To do that, um, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. We're going to come back to the book of Proverbs. So if you, if you want, you can open it. The first passage we'll be at is Proverbs 21.20. Okay? So, but let me tell you some things about the book of Proverbs. One, Proverbs is not a self-help book. If you go to Joseph F. Booksellers, if you go to Amazon, you will not find the book of Proverbs or the Bible in the self-help section. Right? It's not there. You won't find it there. Okay? It's not a self-help book. Proverbs, however, is this collection of sayings for stuff that comes up in life somewhat regularly. And, and it, people needed a name for this stuff that comes up in life regularly, and boom, the book of Proverbs was born. Proverbs names those situations that come up from time to time to time. There's this long passage in there about a young man, and he looks at a woman, and he's like, ooh, she looks good to me. And, and, the, and, and the book of Proverbs is like, what? Run! Run! She's a lioness. She will eat you alive and devour you. Run! Comes up with... So the Proverbs names the situation, and it zones in, and it says, here's what's really going on. You could go left or right, but really, really, you should turn right, because left is death. Okay? That's Proverbs. I know. You'd see, you would have had to pay money and go to, like, Taylor University to get that over 16 weeks. 
You just got it for free today, okay? So Proverbs 21, verse 20. 21, verse 20. Here we go. i got to find it in my Bible. It's a verse we were at a while back. Um, I got turn the page again. Okay, remember this from a few weeks ago? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Fools spend whatever they get. So who spends whatever they get? You don't want to be a fool. So I brought some helpful graphics that I made all by myself like a big boy. Woohoo! And the first graphic is my stick people graphic about there they are. Don't you? I love the guy with the guitar because he's just having a grand old time. So I charted out for you Americans. Here's Americans. Here's the percentage, what percentage of their income Americans spend. So two out of five Americans, these two ladies here on the end, um, they represent the number of Americans who spend everything they get. So if they get $35,000 a year, they spend $35,000 a year. Then there's a, so that's two out of five Americans. One out of five Americans is this happy guy with the guitar. They actually spend on the tune of 129% of what they make in a given year. So if they make $50,000, they spend like 67.5. You know, it's kaboom, okay? Then the two people at the right, Cowboy Bob and his wife, Lurleen, they spend, they spend less than 100% of what they bring in. They actually spend less than what they bring in. And so that's kind of how Americans stack up. And I went and I researched savings rates. So if we could get the next chart up here, because I figured some of you that are geeky would like to know this information, even though it's not an economics course, okay? So here's some nations and their savings rates, okay? Um, I don't know why people like Denmark, but, you know, Denmark always seems to come up. Their savings rate is negative 2%. I know, go Danes. <laughs> then there's the USA at 5%, Poland 6 France. Who would have thought? I mean, don't, isn't, it's almost like American, a part of being an American is to like hate France for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's the Republicans. But France, they save 16%. And then look at these nations on the bottom, India and China. Kaboom shakalaka. Here's what I didn't know. When I researched this, this 5% savings rate for Americans includes what people uh, contribute toward pension funds. So when your employer says you're going to contribute toward this pension fund and takes out that money, that's included in the 5% savings rate. So the next picture, I, I put the country's flag proportionate to how much they save. Now, you guys are real astute. Which flag stands the best chance of weathering unplanned events? The big red flag with the stars. Look how tiny the American flag is. The Danish flag, you can't even see it. It's not even a speck. <laughs> okay? So that, that's how things stack up. So there, you, so there you go. There's your little economics lesson today. If you flip toward the end of the book of Proverbs to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25... It's the second of the three passages we're going to be in today from the book of Proverbs, all right? And I'm, I'm really excited because this has to do with your favorite insect and mine, the ant. I know, you're like, no, mine was a bee. No, it's an ant, trust me, okay? So Proverbs 30, verse 25. Ants, here's, 
Make this into a Christian t-shirt, I dare you. Design it, put it on randomshirts.com. Ants, they aren't strong, but they sure do store up food all summer long. Then it could rhyme. <laughs> okay, but that would be adding to the scripture, which would be bad if you're an evangelical. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store food all summer. So why is the Bible, why is the book of Proverbs extolling ants? Well, because life is seasonal. Spring, summer, fall, winter, there are seasons to life. There are seasons of abundance, there are seasons of scarcity, and there's some kind of, there's almost a predictability to it. What goes up must, oh, you've heard of that too. Life has this kind of cyclical, this seasonal aspect to it. Ants know this, and so ants, when it's summer, when it's a time of abundance, when there's lots of things you can drag from all the silly people that go picnic with their, you know, their honey out at the park, and there's all this food laying there because they're busy, and the ants go, whoo, bonanza, and they take all the, and they go to their little ants colony, and they store it away, and they store it away, and they store it away. In 2005, in America, it was common practice for people to have like two car payments, a mortgage that was 125% of the value of the house, or even an adjustable rate mortgage, because rates kept going down, down, down. It was no problem. And most Americans in 2005, we had this mindset of, you know, if things get bad, it's no harm, no foul. I'll just tap the equity that I've been building up. Because in America, the one thing you could take to the bank was the fact that every year your house just, the value of your home went up, 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 up. And then 2008 hit, and then it was like, oh, you know, burning flesh. You know, scared the snot out of most Americans. And then the world was like, whoa, hey, if America goes nuclear, we're all going too. This is bad. <laughs> okay? So when 2008 hit, the people who were best positioned were the people who had, like an ant, stored up for winter. All right? Winter will come. Unplanned events will happen. So you and I can prepare for that. When uh, Jenny and I were discussing whether or not we were going to uh, stick to two kids or whether we were going to have three kids, we were having this discussion. I remember it was like January, February of 06. And we were going back and forth. And I was like, well, you know, I'm good with two. What do you think? You know, what do you think God wants? And she was like, well, you know, I'm good with three. I'm good with three. What do you think God wants? And we were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then in March, all of a sudden, you know, she wasn't feeling well. And then, you know, and then March, April, she took a test, and then it was like an unplanned event. We, we hadn't come up with a decision, and it got decided for us. And Maddie has been a positive thing in our lives, but you know what? She's cost some money. <laughs> she has cost some money, and she may actually want to go to college or something. She, so there's more money that's probably going to come, and it's, that was a positive unplanned event, Right? That's what I think. And then most recently, the last couple of months for us, that was like a negative and a positive event. The negative part was big hospital stay. Oh, blood clots, you know, oh, scariness. The positive thing was, you know, Jenny came home from the hospital. Woo! We were like, wow, you came home. This is awesome. But, you know, there's, all, again, unplanned event, and there's all this money and expense tied to it. So, Flip with me to the beginning of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, and that's where we'll end up today. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. All right? The ants, I know. 
Frank Sinatra has a song about the little ant. So if you don't believe me, go Google it later today. Little ant can. Okay, so Proverbs chapter uh, 6, verse 6. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Oh, man, I hate when the Bible's calling me names. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for winter. There's a guy who's an entomologist, and he studies ant colonies. And he is fascinated by the complexity and the size and the organization that ants put into the storage of food and, and supplies for the scarce times. And so um, I saw this thing. It was horrific for the ants. What he did is that he had molten aluminum, and he poured it down the ant hole to see how big the colony really was. Unfortunately, none of the ants survived the molten aluminum. But when he pulled out the, when they dug out this thing, it was like six feet tall, and it was huge, and it was all these tunnels, and then these storage caverns, and then more storage caverns, and then it went down deeper, and there were more storage caverns. And so it's the first time that anyone had actually seen in that regard a a model of, a, you know, basically a cast form of a real ant colony. And it was a fascinating thing to watch. There's a lot of diligence that ants do, aren't there? There's a lot of determination that ants show. There's a lot of discipline. I hate D words. <laughs> that goes into it, okay? But, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that something went wrong in your life financially? When was the last unplanned event. What happened? What, what was it? What did it cost? What did you do? Right? I, I know. It, you were beaker in the labs. Okay? With the head popping out and then ducking back under, you know, cover. Smoking. <laughs> okay? What would you have done? How would you have felt if you had had a thousand dollar emergency fund? How would you have felt, what would you, would have, what happened to your stress level if you had had three to six months of income stored away? Your stress level would have gone down substantially, wouldn't it? Okay? So here's where the rubber hits the road. I've said this before, but come on. Step number one, step number one, $1,000 emergency fund. If you're single, you can cut that in half to 500. Set aside, if you're married, if, you're, if you've got kids, $1,000 for many emergencies. What are many emergencies? Many emergencies are not, oh man, there's nothing to have for dinner. Hey, we're all going to Cracker Barrel, get in the van. It's not an emergency. What's an emergency? An emergency is not, oh man, my employer said, I've got to go to this conference. I don't have the right shoes. I'm going to have to go to Macy's. I need a new pair of shoes. Not an emergency. What is an emergency? An emergency is, hey, hey mom, hey dad, there's no hot water. You go down to look at the hot water heater and it's gone all over the floor. That is an emergency. <laughs> you end up taking one of your kids to the hospital, and the treatment is, you know, the hospital thing is that uh, you haven't hit your deductible, so it's $350. Kaboom. It's an emergency, okay? So $1,000 stocked away. You can, you can do this by um, setting up an automatic deduction. So if you had $100 taken out of your paycheck every month for the next 10 months, right? 
by the fall of next year, you could have $1,000 set aside. And if it's automatic deduction, you won't even see it. It'll be like one of those taxes, like FICA. Who's FICA? You know, this will actually, okay. Or you could do the whole in the spring garage sale thing. I've, I'm hearing of people selling stuff. Pe you all have been selling stuff. I know. I've, I heard a story this morning. Another motorcycle got sold. I know, Mike. Please don't cry. <laughs> people, people are doing stuff, I'm telling you, okay. So um, that's another way that you could generate $1,000. And if you're single, again, if it's just you and you and you only, you could probably get by with only 500 Baby step number two. If you're out of debt, if you're out of debt, start stowing away and building so that you get three to six months worth of savings. Why is that important? Your boss comes into you and says, I hate to tell you this, but Coca-Cola just bought us out and they're letting everybody go. What? Coca-Cola's evil. I'm only going to drink Pepsi now. But now you're out of work. Okay? If you got three to six months of income stowed away in those moments, you don't have to panic. There's room to breathe. There's room to plan. Um, so uh, my daughter, my littlest daughter, Maddie, I, 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 I got to tell a story on her today. So Maddie has this pink piggy bank that's got um, a princess crown and a tutu. I put a, I put a picture on Facebook. I, I put, took her piggy bank, put it on the floor, took a picture of it, put it on Facebook. That's her piggy bank. So the only... The, um, um, we were talking about saving and saving money, and um, it was great. I was asking the kids, so what, how much do you think Americans save? And it was great, the, the rates that, the, you know, 30%, 50%, what's the, they save half of what they bring in. That's what Americans do. Maddie's answer, 250%. I'm like, Maddie, that's like saving everything you have and then going and taking what other people have and, <laughs> and keeping that for yourself. She goes, that's okay. <laughs> so when I asked her about her saving thing, this, is, this was her quote. I wrote it down. Daddy, I save everything I find on sidewalks and parking lots. <laughs> so everything that's in her big piggy bank has come from sidewalks and parking lots. We counted what was in the piggy bank. Do you know what was in the piggy bank? $20 and some odd change. <laughs> some of you are like, Hey, man, I think I dropped like uh, 20 <laughs> out of church last week. <laughs> no. So now she's at the age now where I'm going to start um, coaching her on the whole, okay, there's the give, save, and then you can, you can have the rest thing because she's at that age now where she can, she can start to understand those things. But when Jenny and I were younger, um, when Jenny and I were younger, we did this. We saved, we had set aside money. Now we did something Dave Ramsey would go, whoa! You know, we actually borrowed money to buy our first car. I know. We had put a big chunk down, but we borrowed. We were younger, and we, we rolled differently. And so, uh, but we saved, and I got some summer jobs, and that was a five-year loan that we paid off in three. Because the last two years, we had saved up, you know, we had, by the end of year three, we had saved up money, and we said, here, let's just, you know, let's part company. We don't like paying you that money no more. Then we paid ourselves. Woo, it was awesome, okay? Last year, last year, uh, Jenny and I, by the time we hit February, March, we had stoked away $6,000. I know. We were so thrilled. And then there was like a month or two, and I didn't get some paychecks, and then Jenny had some events happen. And the cool thing about having that money in the bank was that we didn't have to do the whole, oh, 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 oh the sky is falling, you know, because it's stressful. And when you're older like me, you can have, like, heart conditions. 
and then ambulances are involved, and then it's another unplanned event. <laughs> it just snowballs in a bad way, okay? So um, I put a link on the church's uh, Facebook page, but there's a, there's a lady, um, and she calls herself Survival Mom. SurvivalMom.com. I don't know what it's about. I'm not endorsing her necessarily because I don't know what Survival Mom is about. But Survival Mom has put together this 52-week plan that if you follow this next year, by the end of the year, by December 31st, you would have $1,378 in the bank. Could you use that? Would that feel good to have a savings like that in the bank? This is the plan. Week one, you set away, set aside a dollar. Week two, you set aside $2. By the time you're into the month of December, every week you're setting aside pretty much $50. I mean, that's about $200 that you're saving in the month of December. It snowballs and gets bigger as the year goes along. But it's an easy way to start off with little baby steps, and then by the end of the year, you're taking big steps, and if you continued it the following year, and you just stopped it like $200 a month, that means next year you could have saved $2,400. I know. You can do this, okay? So I want you... What do I, if you could condense the book of Proverbs and what it's saying about saving, it would be four words. Wise people save money. I want you to be wise. Wise people make it through life better. They don't get as stressed out because wise people save money. Let me pray.